What's going on? I'm Carlos Lasseter. Welcome to Proactive Hustle, where we champion hustle and heart. Today, I want to share a personal reflection that I believe many of you can relate to. The concept of you versus you. people would hear about my academic achievements, the reaction received often was, <laughs> I was smart. I won't deny that I have my moments of brilliance, but intelligence alone, that, that wasn't enough. It, I need a little more than just intelligence. That is not why I have experienced success. Because of this response that I would get, I started to downplay my achievements based on this response. Why? Because I felt like I've been, I was being cheated out of the hard work I put in. All the nights that I put in with the extra studying and, and all those things. So I started to downplay those achievements to just bypass. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm smart. I, I understand. I'm, I'm intelligent. But, you know, th- that wasn't it. You know, I value my work ethic over my intellect. You know, it, it was saying no to classmates that wanted to hang out when I knew I had an exam coming up. It was going back to my apartment after all of my classes and rewriting all of my notes in an order that I can better understand them, you know, situating them, organizing them, and then colorizing certain areas to categorize my notes in particular ways that would help me understand them better. So it was just all of those things. And those things had nothing to do with intellect. It's all about my work ethic and the extra work that I put in to achieve this academic success and these achievements. You know, even immediately going to my apartment to start a research paper just to get a head start on things so that I won't be last minute when it comes time to turn it in. I have a story about my college days. I had this professor, we called him Doc. And he was handing back exams one day. He handed mine back. I seen that I had a C on it. He looked me in my eyes and said, Mr. Lassiter, meet me in my office when you can. My immediate reaction was, what do you need to meet me for? I think I did my best in this exam. But when I get to his office, he, he sits down. He looks me in my eyes and says, what happened? What happened? I mean, I passed, Doc. He said, no, this C is not good enough for you. You know, because he knew I was in his office pretty often and seeking assistance and trying to better understand the information and the concepts he was teaching. So this him looking in my eyes and let me know this is this is not you. You know, you're more capable of a better grade than a C. You're an A or B. I expect an A, but nothing less than a B because I know the time and effort you put in to work towards these A's on these exams. So this C. He just wanted to check me and see if everything was good, if if I was grasping everything. And I walked away from that understanding, well, apparently he sees my work work ethic and he believes in my work ethic and understand the time that I put in. So I had to start also thinking like his expectations of me, right? I had to learn how to get better at my craft 
at what I was doing in my academic achievements or anything I did in life. But that was a core moment in my life. And that's why I tell people my professors had a profound, profound impact on my life. So I can never say I regret going to college because they taught me things beyond the classroom, beyond the concepts that they taught in class. They taught me life and how to have high expectations of myself and to get better and better at what I'm trying to do in my life. Consider this. How many intelligent people do you know who have not reached their full potential? I personally believe they lack their why. Intelligence intelligence is just one piece of the puzzle. My work ethic, my commitment, my relentless drive, that's what truly propelled me to where I am today. Academics or whatever you see that I have, it was that. Work ethic, commitment, relentless drive. My why and my drive. One of my whys and what drove me was proving to my mom that she made a great decision in keeping me. Now, someone that's listened to this, if you know me, you know my background, kind of know my story. You know, my mom was pregnant, got pregnant with me at 15. She had me at 16. But even though I don't think she would have, I know she wouldn't have, you know, gave me up for adoption or aborted me. But as a teenager, you never know. I'm sure those thoughts crossed her mind. But it, within me, I always had this thought like, well, I'm going to prove to my mom or I'm going to prove her right that she made a great decision in keeping me. So I want to do my best at everything I did. And I let that drive me and propel me. Even saying no to those guys, I knew they was going to do something wrong out there when I was young and a teenager. I'm like, I can't do that. I'm on a mission. I got to prove my mom, you know, I got to live up to the expectation that my mom expected me. I can't go out here making no erroneous or, or crazy decisions. If I end up in prison, and I probably prove a lot of people right that, you know, what they thought about me. Right. Or what they thought was going to happen to me because my mama had me so young. Not to mention who my father was. Carrying my father's name and changing the narrative of that last name. Lassiter. Prior to me in the city of New Bern, when my dad was younger, his name didn't exactly say a lot of positive things. And he knows that. Because whenever I go see him, the time he was in prison when I was younger, he would always look me in my eyes. And the first things he would ask me is, he would say is, hey, son, how's school? You listen to your mama? Those things are the first things he would ever say to me. He was creating this narrative that, son, I don't know what they're saying about me out there, but what you need to be focused on is the right things. And I always appreciated that. Even if he wasn't able to be there outside that, that jail or prison walls, anytime I came to see him, those are the three things he would say to me. Because he knew that was the core of what I would become if I listened to That was the core that I needed to become better than what, to do better the things than he did. And he was always one of my biggest fans. And so don't be like me. School, read them books, do your work, listen to your mama, go to college. And he was at both my college graduations, my bachelor's and my master's. He was there. Making sure he, he support me in that. He was always proud of me that I was able to do those, thing, those things. Believe it or not, I'm, I'm 34 right now as I'm speaking to you. 
and people that knew my father back in the day, it still shocks them at what I've become based on what they knew what he was. Thing is, it didn't shock my parents because the expectations of me were super high. So they expected me to be this. Because what, what they didn't have, they gave to me as much as they could. Sure, my parents have flaws or whatnot. I'm sure my dad wasn't always there, but he st- I still take the positive things that he's given to me in my life. He was always proud of me doing the right things. He never promoted negative things to me at all. Never. He barely even talks about negative things he did back in the day in my presence. This was important to him is what I'm doing now and the positive things that I'm doing in my life. And that's what he champions. That's what he pushes. And that's what he promotes to people. Kobe Bryant, the legend himself, earned a nickname, the Black Mamba, due to his relentless spirit and work ethic. It grew into what still resonates loud today as the mama mentality. See, what impressed me about Kobe Bryant is that he battled himself. Sure, he was in a sport where you had to compete against other individuals because that's what the sport required. Basketball, obviously. But I think his biggest battles was with himself. If he failed the year before, it was because he needed to get better. If his opponent was stopping him from doing something, he was saying, well, they're stopping me because I need to get better. I need to find a way to, you know, get better at my craft. I need to get better. The play before, I wasn't good enough. That's why I didn't make that shot. So I need to get better. The quarter before, I wasn't good enough. So I need to score more or play better defense or whatever it is, I need to do better. It was always about how much better can he make himself? How much more skill can he obtain to be greater and greater and greater? I think that's what drove him. And that's what earned him the mama mentality. For me, my driving force is what I coined the true mentality. Now, this mentality didn't always have a name, but these are the things I packaged together. I was trying to figure out how can I package things together to give someone else, you know, something that they can thrive off of. And I came up with a true mentality, teachable, resilient, original, and optimistic. These four pillars These are the things that propel me to where I am in my life. Right? Being teachable means I'm always a student, always hungry for more, to learn more. Resilience. It's about, it's what keeps me going when life throws curveballs, because without a doubt, they will, life will throw curveballs. You will go through something in your life. That's what I shout out a doubt. Everything is not always going to be bright and sunny. You will have dark days. You will have stormy weather. It's going to come if it hasn't. It will. And they get worse. Originality. That's about embracing my unique journey, my own path, blazing my own path, knowing who I am, knowing who my mom know me to be, knowing what she put in me, keeping those values with me day in and day out when I make decisions in my life. I didn't always listen when I was a kid, but they grew inside of me as I grew as a person. And I learned and I listened. Like, mm, that's what my mama meant. That's what she meant. Oh, that's what my dad asked me those questions all the time. Son, you listen to your mama? You, you in school? You staying in school? You, you reading? You, you doing your work right? There were, there were principles they were instilling in me. 
Whenever I do something wrong, my mom was on me. She didn't she didn't let up. She was super hard on me because she didn't want me to be she didn't want me to be a father at a young age. She wanted me to have a wife. She wanted me to have a kid. She wanted me to own a house. She wanted me to own cars. She wanted me to have a good job and a good career and never go to prison and jail. She wanted those things. So that's what I strive for. Because those were the core things. And optimism. That's my God in light. My belief that every setback is just a setup for a bigger comeback. You have to stay optimistic. Things may seem bad now, but they get better later. This true mentality has been my compass through the darkest moments. Turn my failures into lessons. Rather than wallowing self-pity and feeling sorry for yourself and all these things, I've learned to pivot, to adapt, to come back even stronger. When I failed exams in college or got a low grade, it made me hungrier. I found different ways to study more effectively. Went to my professors. How can I better grasp this concept? What can I do? What are your suggestions for me to study better, to grasp the information you're giving to me? You have times I can come to your office. You know, what do I need to do to get better? Not to toot my own horn, but I never got anything less than a 3.0 any semester when I was in college. I graduated with honors, my bachelor's degree. I graduated at 3.5 of my master's. But that was because of my work ethic, not just because I was into intelligent. A lot of people in my classes were intelligent, but they didn't have the grades that I had. Because work ethic is what you have to have. I value work ethic over intellect. I said no to hanging out because I was focused on improving and maintaining my spot on the dean's list. And it wasn't my intellect, it was my work ethic that propelled me to that point. And this isn't just about academics or career achievements. It's about every role we play in life. As a business partner, a husband, a wife, a parent, an employee, a leader, whatever it is that your role, whatever your role is in life, this mindset will push you to strive for excellence in all you do. Here's my challenge to all of you. Outwork, outshine, outlast. Not just others, but your own doubts, your own past, your own limitations. It's not a race against the world. It's a journey to discover the best version of yourself. So wherever your focus lies right now, on the field, in the classroom, that job, the courtroom, or whatever, remember, your biggest competition is a reflection in the mirror. Push yourself, challenge yourself, and always strive to be your best you. Stay true to your journey and keep that hustle alive. Keep pushing those boundaries and embracing the true mentality. I want to share a perspective that's been both a guide and principle and a source of inspiration for me. Living every moment as if it's your last. Now, this might sound cliche to some, but when you truly internalize this idea, it can be transformative. Think about it. If you knew today was your last day on earth, how would you approach it? Would you waste time on small issues or negative energy? Or will you want to fill every moment with passion, purpose, and happiness? This thought hit me hard one day, and since then, I've made a conscious effort to relish every single moment. Not just the big milestones or the major celebrations, but every, the everyday, the seemingly insignificant ones as well. I've started to find excitement in the simple things. Like, 
a good cup of coffee in the morning before I go to work or Saturday morning before I start my podcast episode. The laughter shared with my family and friends. The feeling of a fresh breeze on a good night while walking my dogs. I've learned to be present, to truly listen when someone speaks, to observe the world around me, to be more aware. But it's more than just about enjoying the moment. Living like it's your last day means making choices that matter, pursuing dreams with relentless passion, and not letting fear or doubt hold you back. It's about telling people you love how much they mean to you right now, not later. Don't wait to cry when they're in a, a casket or you're at their funeral to tell them how much they love you, that you how much you love them. Do it while they're looking in your eyes. Do it while they're aware and sound of everything you're telling them that, you know, that y'all can embrace. Do it then. That's the reason why I write special poems and messages to people during their special moments and special days. It's to make sure that everyone that I care about know how much I care about them. They would never have to wonder whether I perish too soon or when I'm good. They would never have to wonder how I feel about them because I'm telling them why they're here to enjoy that moment. Or while I'm here to enjoy it with them. Relish every moment is about taking risks, stepping out your comfort zone and embracing every opportunity that comes your way. Listen, I challenge you to start living every day, every moment as if it's your last day. Not in a morbid way, right? <laughs> but in a way that celebrates life in all its glory. Enjoying life, right? We have all these thoughts on social media, these conspiracy theories and, and whatnot. But I feel like some people aren't really enjoying life and looking around them and seeing all the goodness and the positives around them. I feel like they're, you know, seeing all this negativity around them, and it's affecting your mental health. Enjoy life. Look for the goodness in life as much as possible. I know we're going to experience bad moments. Trust me, I have and still do. But I battle through all that to, to see life better, to try to experience the greater things in life. You know, strip away the unnecessary things. Focus on what truly matters and consume yourself into every experience within your whole heart. You know, practice of hustle is... All about making the most of every opportunity, every challenge, every moment. Let's not wait for tomorrow or someday. Let's seize the moment. Relish every moment right now. And live with passion, intensity, and authenticity that every day deserves. Let's hustle with purpose, passion, and the profound knowledge that every moment is a gift waiting to be unwrapped. Every single day we open our eyes, we have an opportunity to be greater and greater than we were yesterday. We're striving to better, be the better version than we were yesterday. Stop worrying about what someone else is doing to you. What are you doing to anyone, someone else? Have you ever stopped to think about that? How much better can you be to a parent? Can you be to your kid? How much better of a of spouse can you be to your wife or you know, a partner to your, your girlfriend or boyfriend? How much better can you be as a son, as a mother, as a daughter, a uncle, a niece, a nephew, whatever your role is? How much better can you be? While we, we always focus on what someone else is doing to us and not what we're doing to someone else, that's probably igniting those things they're doing to us. We have to stop and think sometimes. Right? 
That's what life is about. Seeing what we can do to better someone else's life. See what we can do to provide positivity instead of negativity in someone's life. That's what I'm all about. And I hope you're all about it as well. Until next time, keep hustling with heart and harmony, with purpose and with love. It's been your host, Carlos Lasseter, and this is Proactive Hustle. Stay proactive in your hustle.